Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, it's a special day. Why? It's the day we celebrate Stat Guy Greg History Week. That's right. Welcome to the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. As you can tell from the crispy microphone, I'm in the beautiful plush studios of 125 West End Avenue at ESPN New York. Stat Guy Greg is back from Europe and in lovely Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Start off by saying... Good evening, Greg. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Um, had a great time in Europe, but it's great to be back, back here with you and the rest of the Cheap Heat universe. Um, and happy birthday. Week that Can was. I say that? Can I just say happy birthday and, and let you know that I mean it? Oh, of course. Of course you can. You can uh, heap all the accolades you want. All, I'll take all the praise right now. Did you, got a, did you get a lot of love for Greg History Week? I did. I did. Um you know, and I, I definitely have oh, to thank my goodness, um, my boy Ryan. Um, he's a uh, one part of the Gorilla Position podcast and the Kickout podcast over there oh in, in London. He he definitely helped me show out for Greg History Week in London over there. Show me a good time. You know, listeners might know him as Skillet, but uh, he came through, met up with me and Crystal. Um, oh, how nice! You got to hang out with so so. Your your lucky lady not only got to spend time with you, but hang out with other wrestling nerds she didn't know across the pond. That's my George. <laughs> she my did. Girl. She did. She did. Love those guys. Shout out to Gorilla <laughs> Position. Now, what people want to know is did this moment, did this beautiful, loving moment that we've always remembered. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Was there a proposal and allowed Vince McMahon laugh to follow? <laughs> there was not a proposal and allowed uh, Vince McMahon laugh to follow, but there was there was plenty of wonderful moments. Uh, me and Crystal got to enjoy high tea at Harrods, which I got to say that was probably the best meal of my life that I've ever had. High tea at Harrods—that was the move for the. This is you know what this is like. This is like hearing about uh, not just Greg. It's like you they they re. Your character got rebooted, and this is now King Greg, <laughs> yeah, the British it was, version. It almost, it almost was, man. It really was, almost was. King stat guy. I gotta say, well, this man, is made. Did you, did you now? Oh, and I, and I know, and I know that you went to Nando's. I like a delicious chicken. Oh, of course I did. I, I had to. That was definitely on the list of of, of places that I had to go to. The Perry Perry, the Perry Perry marinade is undefeated. Um, had to get some peri peri chips. Uh, went, the chicken thighs were just phenomenal, as always. Now it should be, it should be noted that Stack Guy Greg is down a few lbs. What are you What are you down now? About ten pounds? Fifteen? No, definitely not fifteen. I was down ten, so okay. I was down to like two forty six. But I'm back up to two fifty. But that's that. No uh, matter. Well, we'll we'll get that. You, we'll get rid of got, that. Right no away. big deal. No big deal. You had a trip. You had to get some delicious chicken at Nando's. Exactly. You're, you're back now, and SGG, we're going to do a little bit different this week. We'll talk about outside the ring, um, and then I'm going to change the order around. We're going to jump right to mailbag to see where a mailbag gets us, 
and then we'll jump right to our preview of Hell in a Cell. What do you think about that, SG? Do you cool with that uh, order? Oh, yeah, that's perfect. And, of course, we'll get the Black Power rankings probably between those two things. Depends how things play out. We've got to play this out. Um, All right, SGG, outside the ring, big congratulations in order to the Nature Boy. Woo! Woo! Who was either married or had a commitment ceremony. Either way, it led to him and his lady Wendy having a ceremony of love. He walked down the aisle to Ric Flair drip. Um, (laughs) It's phenomenal. So I got to tell you guys, just being completely real with you behind the scenes, from where the Nature Boy was... Not only in terms of the health scare, but where he was prior to that in terms of drinking and the way he treated himself. To then have that uh, that moment where we almost lose him. To not only kick out on two and a half, but then to just, he's now completely sober and completely happy. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I should say this, but I will anyway. I talked to Charlotte earlier. She's like, oh my god, it was amazing. He, he, the guy partied, and by party I mean just had a good time, no alcohol or anything, and was in bed by eight o'clock. That's who the Nate is now. Wow! And it's it's phenomenal. Makes me makes me so happy. And he he um he really seems to be happy and together when you see him. So shout out to the Nate. In fact, I'll I'll put a little secret out here for the cheap heat universe. I am working hard to get Ric Flair on open late. That's a thing that has to well, happen, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, this if it feels like it, it has to happen. All right, so with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. So, what else, Greg? What else happened outside the ring this week? Um, apparently, The Rock's daughter started training at the Performance Center this week. Um, Simone Johnson, seventeen years old, and it. Looks like she's taking the steps to becoming a WWE superstar. What the Rock's daughter? Yes. Um this was reported by um Pro Wrestling Sheets, Ryan Staten, and uh a number of news outlets, but I saw it on the wrestling sheet, um Pro Wrestling Sheet. Yes, yeah, she showed up to the performance wow. center and um so who knows? I think that'll make her what fourth generation if she uh, eventually steps in between those ropes and makes her WWE debut official down the line. Wow, wow, wow! That is crazy because I um I've been seeing her around forever. She's always a part of like WWE events, even if Rocky's not there. She's always around. She you knew that she loved it, but now she's actually already training. All right, that's cool, man. Um. Big ups to uh, yeah, big ups and, to her. All right, and what honestly, else? she's what training else? in the best place she can possibly train to the performance center. She's gonna get, you know, she's gonna get that real good training under under some real pros in the probably the safest environment too. Yeah, um, absolutely. What else? Uh, apparently, Batista wasn't invited to SmackDown 1000 yet. I saw a tweet about that um, from <laughs> from Batista. Um, he said, "I have not been invited yet." Yes, apparently, but he could be working. But um, I saw that, and I just I want to get your thoughts on where do you think Batista ranks in like the all time great SmackDown superstars? Is this an oversight? He's 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 up there. I mean, he's all time. He's um, 
Batista's a top 10, top six, I would say. What about you? Yeah, I feel like six is, is fair and strong. Um, cause there are some, there are like, we had this conversation maybe a couple of weeks ago and there were some people that we, um, mentioned ahead of Batista, you know, obviously John Cena, Kurt Angle, um, Edge as well. But, you know, Batista's definitely up there. At least enough to catch an invite. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. I'd, I'd be pretty shocked if he didn't. Um, I'm ready for Batista. You guys know I'm ready for Batista. I've been talking about that. I'm ready for some Batista. All right, what else, SGG? What else is going on outside the ring? That's all I have for outside the ring. So we can jump right into the mailbag with that being said. That's it? That's all you got? That's all I got. Should I mean, we mention, I was in London. Should I we was mention in- that Renee Young was announced as the full-time replacement for Jonathan Coachman on Monday Night Raw? Yeah, but everybody heard that at the top of Monday Night Raw. They're not going to get that from us as oh breaking my news. God. You know, listen, there's some people actually, though, it, might, it, it surprises me, who really don't watch the shows in full. This is where they get it. So, yeah, it was announced uh, early Monday that that would be the case. And then starting Monday night, there she was. Congratulations to, yeah, I'll say our very own. Because that's she's a true friend of the show, um, Renee Young, now replacing Coach um, on on the Raw commentary team, and now Coach replaces Renee Young on the kickoff show. So it'll be my first time working with Coach this Sunday before Hell in a Cell on the WWE Network. Coachman Booker T, aka King Booka. David Otunga and myself this Sunday. So, um, all right. Without any further ado, I guess it's time to start everyone's favorite mail. Greg, we have, we get a lot of email. I have to say that to everyone. I'm very appreciative of all the emails we get. I, I apologize in advance, um, that I don't get to all of them. This week was a particularly um, tough week to get to the emails and I, I don't want to, I've already, anyone who follows me on social media or does any of the stuff that I do knows how saddened myself and so many other people were about the passing of Mac Miller. And so this past week was just an overwhelming week personally and professionally. Um, so I want to send love to Mac Miller, who is such a wonderful human being and his family. And all of Pittsburgh. And if you're a fan or if you are not as familiar with Mac, recommend if I, I, I did two real pieces of content that I think can show you a lot about who Mac was. If you were or weren't familiar, one would be on the Rosenberg radio podcast. I put up a two hour music tribute. And then last night I did a, um, open late full dedicated episode about Mac Miller on the complex channel. So check those out. But, um, Greg, um, truly a great guy and great artist, 26 years old. It's, it's starting to settle in now as we get towards a week, but it has been hard for me to believe that, um, the world doesn't have Mac Miller in it. Yeah. And I think the true testament to the type of person he was too, is like all these different people from all these different walks of life who, um, were all equally affected in the same way by by his loss. Not just fans, but yeah. like everybody across the industry. Oh, it's so it's so true. It was so so 
such a wide array of people who were affected by this. So just a wonderful person. Um, all right, guys, like I said, it's time though. Let's get into it with some mail. Where should I even start here? There's so many from last week. Just dump all the Greg all history right. week love. Uh, we'll take it. All right. I'll start with a Greg. I'll start. You know what? I'm going to start with Greg love. Okay. This one comes from Xavier Cortez. Mail. He said, I'm a fan from the early days of cheap heat. Actually, the first podcast I ever listened to. Um, then he said, I'm going to skip it. He talks about how, okay. No, I won't. Throughout the years, I would laugh, get angry and be thoroughly entertained by the outlandish hot takes from no stat guy, Greg. I'm also a Brett Mark. Um, but damn stat guy, you got me beat. That's how I feel. I feel you get, he said, I feel you get a lot of unnecessary heat. Pun intended. It's time to provide you with a positive email. I fully appreciate the integrity that you are upholding with the black power rankings. For years, I would mention to my friends about our truth rapping, shucking and jiving. And I was looked at like I was crazy to be complaining about it. Thank you for pointing out that it's not cool. I even had my girl listen to what you had to say. And we both agree somewhere in America at some point in time, there's a white kid telling their black friend to, quote, shuck and jive <laughs> like our truth <clears throat> which is a repug thought. It was repug. Um, like I said before, I just want to send some positivity your way. You're a successful black lawyer with the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. And as a young man of color myself, I respect and look up to that. Keep voicing your opinion. Keep upholding the integrity of the black power rankings. And most importantly, keep staying mage. Enjoy yourself, Xavier Cortez. That's, then, see, that's what I like to hear. Well, Thank you, you Xavier. And I, I remember this kid. He sent a picture, too. I'm going to forward this to you, Greg, in case you want to write him yourself. Because we know no one's more of a mark for Stack Guy Greg than Stack Guy Greg. <laughs> so I just sent you the email. Um, that's a very nice message, though. All right, let's see what else we have, SGG. Oh, you know what, though? I'm glad he mentioned that. What the hell? Carmella is now rolling with our truth Yeah, I, I'm at a loss for words on that, too. I mean, I, I guess it's because of the mixed match challenge. And I was hoping there was going to be like a tweener thing where she doesn't necessarily turn babyface behind this. But, um, you know, after Corey's is she inherently a babyface? If she, is she inherently a babyface by coming to the ring and rapping what's up? No, but she, I feel like she's inherently a baby face. I feel like Corey Graves pushed it over the top with um, his commentary and how he basically, he didn't ditch her or necessarily turn his back on her, but um, his commentary definitely pushed her more onto the baby face side of things than she was. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that. Like it, Carmella, she's, she has, she's the champion for months. She loses the title and five seconds later she's rapping with our truth. It does it seems like a really quick demotion, no? Yeah, it does. It does, but that's that shucking job, you know, you never know where it's gonna land you on that last step. Um Pete McDonald wrote us last week and I didn't get to it. Mail. Mage one and SGG. Whatever you do, don't bury the lead on the Booker T New Day segment. Bringing Booker T out was fantastic. 
and the perfect injection of nostalgia on a mage segment. But let's not overlook Big, Big E referring to Booker dissing his royal name as getting, quote, Saxon, Saxton. <laughs> I absolutely love it when WWE creative allows the New Day or other wrestlers to break the mold of traditional wrestling insults in subtle moments like this. In addition to mage mic work and in-ring matches that have already separated the New Day as the cream of the stable crop in the WWE in recent years, would love to hear your take on those subtle New Day-style jabs and whether that's just the New Day being the creative geniuses that they are or if creative takes more chances with them because of their current gimmick status of the company, blah, blah, blah. As always, enjoy yourself. P.S. Let me know when you're back in Chicago. I'll throw you some mage pizza recommendations your way. Stay mage, Pete. Pete, I appreciate that. But I'm already a Pequod's guy for 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 life. I'm committed to Pequod's, okay? Um so I believe, and I did really enjoy that. Them teasing Saxton was funny. Shout out to Byron. I I think that's an example of trust in the new day. I don't believe that creatives like, hey, you guys should jab Saxton. They trust them to do things like that. And when you're really consistently good on mic, you're able to do more. That's how I see it. Um, and I loved it. And I loved the whole bit. And guess what? New Day was back on commentary again this week. Because that's how good they are. Killing yeah, it, no, SGG. It's hard to disagree with that. I have nothing to add. I mean, like you said, they've proven themselves over the years. So I feel like a line here or there that they can you know, get in. Does nothing to hurt their character or their standing in the company. Oh, this message comes from Jim Martin, and it's called Sandra's Husband, parentheses, Jeffrey Owens' work. Mail. Dear the Mage Fun and SG Giggly, it's the class without a but J Money here. I gotta tell you guys, I just majorly enjoyed myself, and then I cleaned up and listened to the and then listened to the pod. Parentheses rimshot. This guy's really off to a start. <laughs> what I mean, what I mean is this: I write for a TV show that's going to eventually be on Netflix, so they say. And I literally went into work this week and pitched Jeffrey Owens for roles on our show. I was convinced that I was being a major dude about the whole thing until our exec producer told me Tyler Perry already offered him a job. I don't know who Tyler Perry is, but I'm shocked that anyone with more gravitas than yours truly could do something that nice. I assume he's joking. Needless to say, I'm glad that I didn't pull a power move and fire everyone simply to hire Elvin. Thanks to Cheap Heat, I know that Jeff's coy performance wasn't just to work. It was a masterful work. Dude K faved us on a scale that hasn't been been seen since Rock Hudson was called a ladies man. <laughs> I never thought I would be a mark for the guy that married Sandra. I was always more of a Denise guy. Not that I look like Lenny Kravitz or Jason Momo. Well, how do you pronounce that guy's name? Momoa? Momoa, I believe. Oh, yeah. Let's call him Aquaman. The guy from- He's Aquaman. That's right. Isn't he also from, um, whatchamacallit? Yeah, Game of Thrones. From Game of Thrones, yeah, Cal Drago. Now, Lee Aquaman. Now that I t- now that I type it out and see who Lisa Bonet actually married, I'm starting to realize that I am definitely not a Denise guy, because I'm way more handsome than those jerks. 
Stay mage, enjoy yourself, and keep the repug to a minimug. And never forget, tomorrow you'll be disappointed because this is the best thing you've ever seen. J Money. P.S. Keeping it real because I'm a heel. You, you're doing too much, yeah. J Money. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on, man. You, you I, I don't want to have to do this. You're doing too much. But, yes, you were getting worked by the master Jeffrey Owens. One of the great... Did I sell you on the Jeffrey Owens work, or are you still one of these humanoids who believes it was real? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm sold on the work. I think I'm sold, especially after uh, he linked up with Tyler Perry and, and got okay. that job. And then, and then, Greg, the work keeps going. Then people are posting pictures of Tyler Perry. Now he's getting credit in the work, too. It was unbelievable. Michael Smith writes us, Mail. Miz on the heel Mount Rushmore? Big fan of the podcast. Like most wrestling fans, you and Greg have talked a lot about your Mount Rushmore of wrestling. I won't even go into Greg's delusional views, he says. But lately, I've been thinking about something a little more niche. Who is on the heel Mount Rushmore? He then writes a lot. It's a pretty long email. But he I'll skip ahead. For me, the first three names came quickly. Flair, Piper, and Triple H. Three era-defining heels who, when at their peak, had zero redeeming qualities. I wanted nothing more than to see each get what they deserve. But the fourth name is harder. Thought about classic Jake the Snake, Ted DiBiase, Nikolai Volkov. And I thought about Nikolai Volkov. Are you out of your mind? And then I (laughs) – R.I.P. R.I.P. icon. I love you. But no, stop. And I thought about more recent main event heels like Randy Orton Edge. But to be honest, the only name that feels right is The Miz. I'm going to skip ahead here and just say, uh, stay mage, Mike. Great question, Mike. I hate to be this guy and pull a Greg here. Okay. Greg, who did you pull out? Luthez? Who was the name you randomly pulled out? <laughs> Harley Race. Give you a hard time. When Greg pulled out Harley Race? God. Anyways, I was going to complain. My memory, Greg, do you ever have periods where your memory's terrible or is there something wrong with me? No, it's not just you. It's, it's, I can, I'll cop to that as well. I, I, it's been like two weeks though. I don't know if I'm not getting enough sleep. I feel physically fine and large, but I just like continually like coming up with names and stuff. It's all just been really hard the last couple of weeks. Drive me nuts. Who are you thinking of? And, who's, who's the guy? Oh, I know who I'm thinking of. Um, I just couldn't remember I, the fact that I said Luthez and not Harley Race. Oh yeah. Um, that's, we forgive you. That's a, who, who I'm thinking of to be very Greg-like in this, though, I because of how mainstream this person was and how known they were to be bad oh, let me guess and how much it go shaped with. everything. Where? You're going to say Gorgeous George, aren't you? That That's exactly right, Greg. I'm going to say Gorgeous George. And I mean, it's honestly, you'd be to. right. You'd be right. He definitely deserves to be up there. He defined a heel for so many future heels that I think you have to keep Gorgeous George there. Besides that, love Flair, love Piper. Listen, Triple H is a good choice too. Yeah, I feel like Triple H is um, a better choice than Flair and Piper, to be honest. Better than Flair? Yeah. Uh, Flair Flair literally made money for every territory in the country getting beat up by their baby face or, or, or sneaking by their baby face. Yeah, but while Flair How was you doing say that, like, Flair? while Flair was doing, Flair was the guy that people like loved to hate. So like, there was that element to his heeldom too. Like, 
Because even after a while, like, you know, Flair just became beloved. And even though he was playing the heel, he was just like this beloved dude. But like Triple H had the hate from the character standpoint and the personal standpoint. Like nuclear on both sides. I, I, I don't agree, though, Greg. It's so much later that Flair started getting love. Nah, nah I wouldn't I say mean, that. I'll say like early, as early as when he went back to WW, uh, WCW in 92, he was like. That's late. He's Greg. That's that's like sixteen years active. Seven. That's a long time. Well, you know what? It feels it feels early because I was what seven, eight years old, and also this dude didn't stop. He didn't. He just. He's still trying to go. It's not my fault. No, listen. No, I get. It. Out of I understand why. But like, no, no, no. Rick Flair's run is legitimately from. It was like 78, 77? 76, 77 to 2000. That's really what it is. And I would say until the late 80s, early 90s, he's a pretty pure heel. Yeah, but for like and more than half of that, he's like beloved heel. No. He, uh, I can't. he, he did a- invent the cool heel category. But in terms of like hatred, I'd say Triple H is more hated. But by the way, but we didn't say that that's what puts you on the Mount Rushmore. True. Is simply being, is simply being only hated. Cause being the influence to become, to make heels cool should win in his favor, should, you know, work for him too. That's very, that's very true. That's very true. So this is a fun, this is a fun conversation to talk about, though. All time great heels, and guys, I'm you know you know I got to say it. I mean, you know I argue that I like I like Hogan more as a heel than I even like as a babyface. I don't know if he makes Mount Rushmore, but he's in the next tier. Um, I love Hollywood Hulk Hogan because I hate him. I mean, he's repugnant, which makes him mage. Um, fun conversation, good message, and I appreciate that, my friend. All right. Moving right along, SGG. Okay. All right, let's try this. These are all so old, though. Cheap Heat, what what should have happened with KO? Mail. Alex says, hello, Peter, and the Statless One. Just started listening to the podcast when I deliver newspapers at 2 a.m. When it was Peter Rosenberg and the creator of Foot Protectors. It got me through many a tired sunrise, so thank you for that. My heart dropped. Thank you, bud. My heart dropped when KO returned to Raw to attack Bobby Lashley. Not because of KO, as I've been a fan of his since his first day on NXT, and only a little because he's now going to feud with Bobby Lashley. It's because I thought the story wrote itself from his promo the week prior. When he was on SmackDown, he couldn't wait to return to Raw. He came to Raw, and it's been hell. He wasn't going to leave without a title. And when he lost, he quit. SmackDown was terrible. Raw was hell, and he quit. What's left? NXT. The NXT he made relevant to the WWE Universe when he came to the main roster as NXT champion. Stomped the U.S. title that was held by John Cena and then beat Cena clean. Picture this. Champa's in the ring, 
cutting another promo about he's the best champion NXT's ever seen. He talks about how he hurt Johnny Gargano so bad psychologically and physically that he just couldn't stand anymore, and he would do that to anyone in the NXT locker room. The guitar hits, the screen flashes black and white, and two of the three most destructive letters in WWE flash on the screen, KO. The crowd explodes as KO does his slow strut down to the ring and promises that Ciampa has never felt pain like what he'll inflict to get back to the title that means the most to him, the NXT heavyweight title. It's heel versus heel, but in NXT, KO might as well be Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's nothing he could do in NXT to get legitimate heat against Ciampa. Everyone's a face. It won't happen now. KO will feud with Bobby Lashley. A feud I expect will only be interesting because KO's involved. Where does he go after that? No one knows, but there has to be something better. A move to NXT would be a promotion and truly mage. Thank you for all you do, Alex. I don't even have a lot to add to that, except that was a really great, entertaining thought. SGG? Yeah, no, I didn't think of that either, but I, I do agree that that was a, a great, entertaining thought. But it's also, like I said in the in the group chat, too, I'm not going to fault KO for doing what um, every single listener that we have and every single fan, whether they listen to us or not, has done um, – over over the years is just quit on WWE one week and then show up the next week like it was all good. Like never even happened. He pulled in us and you know, I can't be bad. Yeah, no, it wasn't it's not the first time we've seen it, that's for sure. Uh Maynard writes us here. Mail. Hey Sneaky Pete and Coco Stat where? It was a good try. A good try. You know, I didn't understand it until I read it with the question mark, and then I now at first I thought it was racist. Then I thought it was funny because stat stat where was the point? I get it. Okay. So Mick Foley is the special guest referee in the Universal Title match between Reigns and Strowman. We know Roman isn't jumping from the cell, and Strowman isn't either. What if the only reason why Mick is in the match? is so that they can have someone who will take the craziest bump of the night. Enjoy yourself and yourself enjoy. What if the reason why he's in it is Maynard? Um, that's a fun and terrifying thought. And no, 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 no. Unless there's a mattress that we see they wheel, unless they go, by God, they're wheeling out a huge memory foam mattress. <laughs> exactly. That's the thickest mattress I've ever seen. Unless that happened. Um, yeah, no. No. Um, Sarah writes us, whoa, a lady. Male. The name of the message is Leo Rush. Going to keep this short and sweet, guys. I know it's only been one segment, but it looks like Leo Rush is 205 Live's best kept secret. Let's be honest, when you're with a life, 205 Live is the immediate choice of WWE programming that you're willing to sacrifice. But is it me or is he just ridiculously hilarious? We all know that guy in real life. And I'm saying this after a single one-minute segment on Raw. Would appreciate if SGG could shed some more light on him. Thanks for always keeping it real, guys. It feels so good to have hashtag with a life representation in the world of sports entertainment. Thanks, Sarah from Toronto. P.S. Toronto Cheap Heat Live confirmed for next summer, right? I wouldn't say confirmed, Sarah, but I'd say it's looking good. I need some more emails from Toronto from people to tell us to definitely do it. I need to know we could sell tickets, but yeah, that would be fun. SGG, what's the ceiling for Leo Rush? 
The ceiling for Leo Rush is is very high. I mean, obviously, if he didn't get himself future endeavored with that tweet that he sent out about Emma, um, they definitely have some faith in him. And it's not just on the mic, too. It's in the ring. Um, it seems hyperbolic and really boastful for him to call himself the man of the hour. But at the same time, uh, the man is delivering. So I think the sky's the limit for this kid. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what he does. He's a great kid. Um, he's from the DMV, the DC area. Um, I, I like him a lot. Incredibly athletic, incredibly charismatic. So damn young. I mean, he's younger than 90% of NXT, dude. And he's already getting shots on Raw. High ceiling for Leo. This is, this was like an interesting one. Male. Brian writes us, sweet, sweet P and SGG. Major mark for the show since the beginning. I have a psychotic theory about the WWE pantheon and something the legends all have in common. One syllable first name, two syllable last name. Because Vince McMahon is the same way and he's an egomaniac. With very <laughs> few exceptions, the tippy tippy top legends names all follow this, or at least their government names do. Hulk Hogan. He wrote cringe next to that. James Helwig, Sean Michaels, Mick Foley, Steve Austin, Dwayne Johnson, Paul Levesque, Paul Levesque, John Cena, Trish Stratus, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle. The next round of legends follow this too. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Braun Strowman. When you think of former top guys who WWE doesn't promote as Pantheon legends, most have had beefs with the company, but more importantly, none follow the naming convention. Bret Hart, Randy Savage, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, CM Punk. Are they not in the upper echelon because of the beefs with Vince? Or do they never have a chance to get there because Vince is obsessed with the meter of this of his name? Roman Reigns, a Hall of Famer for sure, but as of yet, not a Pantheon guy because of the fans and also doesn't follow this. Undertaker, Andre, and Daniel Bryan don't follow the naming rubric, but there are always anomalies. What do you think? Is Vince as self-absorbed as I think? Go Terps, class of 2005, Bryan. Bryan, I do not believe... That one word of what you just said <laughs> is true. And yet I found that to be a phenomenal, phenomenal email. Thank you. I enjoyed that. Mark writes us. Mail. Sweet Pete and Tony Statless. Before this recent comeback, Daniel Bryan was one of my favorite wrestlers who performed. One of the greatest wrestling stories ever told. His return has not been great. Other than his announcement promo. And his recent pairing with Bree is just awful. I'm glad Brian found love outside the ring. But in kayfabe, Bree is a trash person he shouldn't hang with. <laughs> why? Why Does he say why? I don't know. But just keep in mind he said in kayfabe. He did I know. Not that's why, that's why I want to hear the why. Like what did he see about well, he, I think he, I think he goes on. He goes on. He says the Bellas are villains that typified bad wrestling. Now her character is just imitating her partner. Her whole identity is her man. 
The patron saint of indie wrestling teaming with her just isn't fun. Brie isn't a great performer and her character kind of ruins DB. I think Brie works sometimes. I'd love the Bellas to heal it up for Ronda, for example. In general, I haven't enjoyed this era of DB. Cass was big ass. Miz and History are carrying this feud. I love DB, but the blue-green DB is Jordan wearing the 4-5. I hope it gets fixed because I like all those peeps. As always, stay mage and enjoy yourselves. Mark and Noah. They, they came together on this. Uh, <laughs> this is a collaborative effort. You know, SGG, and we need to start getting, even though there's so many more emails, we need to start getting to the pay-per-view. It's a really good time to have this conversation. Um, and really, it'll be a great time after this Sunday. You have the mixed tag match between the Bryans and the Mizzes. And I think, Greg, it's reasonable to ask, let's wait until after Sunday, but let's set it up here, to ask, how has Daniel Bryan's return been so far? Isn't He's been back early? since, what, two months, two, six weeks before Mania? It was sooner than that, I felt like. It might have been a like, month before Mania? Yeah, it might have been like a month before Mania. So let's let's say it's since March 1st. March, April, May, June, July, August. We're six months in. It's a good time to re-up, right? But here's the problem with that, though. Like, what do people, what do people want to, to happen in that time? Because it's, it sounds like what they want to happen for Daniel Bryan is the same thing they would be complaining about if it happened for anybody else, which is they hotshot him into a story at the top of the card for no reason. And it would make sense if he were um, like a heel authority figure to do this. But why Why shouldn't he have to climb up the card like everybody else? Okay, that's a reasonable point. Here's where I think the, the – the, and I don't agree with everything he said, obviously, um, about Bree and everything that he said. But I'll say this. The reason I disagree with you, SGG, is because this isn't – while you're right, he shouldn't be just hot-shotted and have it not make sense and people would then complain about that. At the same time, SGG, half the time he's been here has been spent with big cast, a guy who at his best wasn't great and was fired the day after their final match. And then in a mixed tag story, regardless of anything... We've seen the max that you can get from a mixed tag story in recent years, and that was probably the Cena, Nikki Bella, Miz mixed tag story. So the best version we've gotten of a mixed tag story involved the same couple on one side, the Mizzes, the Mizanans, if you will, right, and on the other side, Bree's sister and John Cena. So, I can see why how even if you didn't want him to instantly be on top, and I certainly am for saving the culmination, and I'm in fa- I like that they're saving the culmination of the story with Miz. I mean, dude, you saw the matches he had with Cien. There could just be a story with Cien. I mean, and they still could, and they still could. 
But would you have, what would you have preferred? Would you have preferred they get into, like, let's say the goal is to delay the story with the Miz. And that's why we're getting the mixed tag, to stretch it out. Would you prefer this? Or would you have preferred if in their first match or in the night after their first match, Miz and Daniel Bryan were interrupted by Cien, who attacked Daniel Bryan, and now he had a month or six weeks with Cien, which elevates Cien Amas, allows Daniel Bryan to ultimately win the story, and you're not getting mixed tag matches with Daniel Bryan. What do you think about that? Uh, honestly, I would prefer this because we get, like, first of all... Because you're a hack! No, but here's why, though. You This has less questions surrounding it. The only question surrounding this is, like, why aren't Daniel Bryan and The Miz going one-on-one? Which the answer is obviously because they're saving it for a bigger stage. Um, but it has it has so much history behind it, and it builds the story as it goes. Like, if he just... If he was to get attacked by CN... Then you'd have to go into like what the reason is, and there's more room for error on that than to just continue to stretch. Oh this stop! Out. Oh stop! The only reason there has to be is Cien says, "I'm I'm here to prove myself, and I I want to take out, I'm taking out Daniel Bryan." Although he wouldn't say it, he'd say it the way he said things last week. <laughs> but you get the idea. Anyways, I think it's an interesting thought, and next week after this story, I think it's a good time to. Continue digging into that. And I'm curious, I'm, I'm sure Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com will now blow up with emails with people weighing in on what they think of Daniel Bryan thus far. I do have to say this um, though too, um, in relation to that email. I, I don't agree with everything he said about Brie, but I did notice that like her gear, like on Monday she was wearing the red and black Brie mode gear and then on SmackDown she was wearing the, the green and blue. And it just felt like her identity was so tied to either her sister or Daniel Bryan that it was like sort of disappointing, but not really, if that makes sense. Because like it's there's no reason she should have um, – she's carved out her own fan base and everything like that. There was no reason for her to have the matching you know, green and blue gear and use Daniel Bryan's move other than to be just his wife. When she's been so much more than that. Um, yeah, I hear you on that too. And that's something that he pointed out in the email too, is her being completely defined by Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Nah. Um, first of all, shout out to everyone in the Carolinas too, uh, as well, which is being blasted by Hurricane Florence. And then what's after that? Isaac? Yeah. So... Want to send love to everyone who's listening to this while they're riding out that storm. Um, it's crazy down there. LeVar writes us. Mail. As always, I enjoy your show and Tony Statless's take on the week. That is professional wrestling on my late Friday drive home. As for your take on All In, I agree that it was an indie show on pay-per-view and many of the things that they did were typical of an indie show. However... I think that was a show for the hardcore indie wrestling fan that don't solely watch WWE, and yeah. that's what made it special. There weren't any stupid chants or beach balls or anything else, the typical things that WWE fans do to get themselves over and hijack the show. It was their first show, and while some of the matches went well over time limit, which reduced the main event from 28 to 12 minutes, which is why it was such a spot fest, it, the spot fest it was, for the first time doing it, 
Yes, they made mistakes, but honestly, all expected. Although they could have also done without the Druids and Joey Ryan's uh, doing things. <laughs> um, but seriously, um, of all the things to nitpick, you're going to criticize the font on the mat? Really? Now your WWE fanboyism is showing. It was supposed to have that gritty look, which it accomplished. WWE has had some ishy graphics that they've been doing way longer than three guys. The aim was to put together a great show, and they did. I think it's great that there's life outside WWE because they have a lot of talent that they hardly use or not at all. Here's hoping for all in two. Blessings and happy birthday to the Satless One. Don't forget to buy him a bucket of delicious chicken. Job bless, LeVar Roy. Okay, real quick. I have something two to things. say to that, too. I'm sure you do. I, I, I want you to get it in. Um, the font thing, that's not the WWE fanboy in me. I promise you that is the... Whether I'm successful at it or whether I'm a complete jabroni, that is the jabroni. that is the person who has planned events before, made flyers, created T-shirts. That's that's it. When I analyze stuff like what is that font, and I, I think Lavar, I can he- see you nodding your head to this. I think you can tell that's a reasonable answer. That's that's like how much work I put into making sure our T-shirts look dope. That's not me being WWE fanboy. If they were looking for gritty. They could have went with the old NWA font they used to have in the middle of the ring. Maybe this was close to that, but this looked like friggin' Times New Roman on a brand new computer, and I didn't like it. It instantly turned me off. That's not enough reason to not watch it. I'm not not supporting it. That was just a little thing. And furthermore, I agree with everything you said, and I thought I said very clearly on the show last week, I am all for the success of All In. I want there to be All In too. I paid for it. I enjoyed it. I simply said some of the matches were just spot fests that didn't tell a story. I am entitled to that opinion. I don't care if people tweet Kenny Omega about it and he writes back and says, are you kidding me? The crowd was great. It might have been great in person. On TV, half the Omega match was flat. I'm not making it up. At one point, the commentator went, oh, my God, they're all on their feet. And they showed people sitting down. Everyone was sitting down. I'm not making that up. And I still love the event. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be critical of it. And I don't care if you indie nerds run to the internet to tweet about it. Uh, It was amazing. I hope it happens again. I'm proud of Cody, proud of many people on the card, Jay Lethal, Kenny Omega, a lot of people I really love and am fans of. I'm all for it. Congratulations to everyone who's having a moment in the indie scene. I even even uh, messaged with Joey Janela last week. I'm here for it. I really am. But that doesn't mean we can't be critical of moments that you think just weren't at the highest level. But you're right. It's a different kind of show. But I'll tell you right now, I think even indie fans prefer a match that's less of a spot fest and tells more of a story. Even if they don't realize they're into it more, they would be. Sorry, SGG. The floor is yours. Well, yeah, I thought I had something to say, but then he said most of it. But the other thing I would like to point out, though, too, is um, when he mentioned, you know, it's not like WWE fans who come in. And throw beach balls and this and that. That, that they, he doesn't realize how much the same crowd who sat through all in patiently. Um, that's the same exact crowd Say who it. shows up to WWE shows with the beach balls and does Say the it, stupid Greg. Say it louder for the people. So in the it's back. the same people that you're praising for their behavior in Chicago are the same people that we're talking about in Brooklyn or New York. Or or, um, or DC or Philly at a WWE show because those Orlando. same people spend so much time trying to cut Roman off at the knees or cut Braun off at the knees 
that they bring in the Beach Bowls and they do the nonsense. So yeah, maybe if they gave these WWE superstars who work just as hard as the people on the indies the same chance, everybody would be able to enjoy it across the board. But it's not like a different section of fans. These are the same people. And that's the only point that I want to raise on that. Well said, SGG. And you added a very necessary part about the indie fans. That's a really good point. I just love how mad people get that I said one match, the crowd was quiet. Go back and watch it. I wasn't there. I was only able to see it on TV. On TV, it was quiet. A Kenny Omega match shouldn't be quiet. That's all I was saying. And because you did that, now I have to play this. WrestleMania 30, right here in the Silverdome. I can't believe I'm the special host here for WrestleMania. I'm sorry, it is the Superdome, brothers. I'm excited too. If you actually think, if you actually think I was just the right guy at the right place at the wrong, at the right time, let me say it one more time so you completely understand, McMahon. Thank you. If you actually believe in your mind, if you actually think that I was just the right guy. (laughs) Okay. Last mail. I have to get the last, it has to be the last one. We gotta hit, we gotta do predictions real quick. RJ, are you still here? RJ's gone. I'm all alone. How long? Let me check my phone with Greg. 50 minutes we've been on. Okay. Yes, we got 10, 15 minutes. Did you vote? Uh, Greg, you still voting in New York? Are you in Pennsylvania? You registered there now? Um, yeah, I'm in PA now. Damn. So I did not get to get to cast my vote, but I would have I would have voted for Cynthia Dixon though. There you go. There you go. That's right. Miranda baby. <laughs> um, all right. She is managing as managing manager of general Excuse me. mail. Pat says, first off, let me start off by saying I've been a cheap heat listener since the days of Davis Shoemaker. That is some day one ish. <laughs> My faith has wavered some through the new, new era, mostly due to the absurd, scorching hot takes of one stat guy, Greg, a.k.a. Stat- Tony Statless, a.k.a. No News Brown. That's tremendous. <laughs> I love it. I've realized, I've realized recently that my home of Poughkeepsie may be the most over city on the pro wrestling podcast circuit, even though it is extremely adjacent, even bordering on Repug. It seems as though once a month it is name-dropped as a throwaway line on this podcast or the Mass Man Show. It is frequently mentioned on Something to Wrestle With and even is mentioned almost weekly in a running spot on the dastardly heel Bill Simmons podcast when Bill and Cousin Sal do a bit involving Andre, Andrew the Giant. Andrew the Giant Luck. My qu- I, I don't, don't get the joke because I don't listen to that podcast. My question is, <laughs> Is Poughkeepsie the most random American city that is totally over amongst the wrestling community and pretty much completely unknown amongst any non-Mark? Also, have you or No News ever enjoyed a live show at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center? Stay mage and enjoy yourself. P. Low from Poe Town. First of all, mage email. Second of all, Poughkeepsie is confirmed a Jace. Um, used to be Repug. I've been told it's become a little more mage. When my dad was there, it was Repug. Uh, my dad lived there for several years as a kid, so I've spent time there. When I was there, I remember it being Repug. But I think now people like it more. Greg, have you, I've never been 
to the famous adjacent Mid Hudson Civic Center. Have you? I have not. I have not. But it sounds like we need to go. That's what it sounds like. I would love to go to a WWE house show. That would be fun. So, yeah, we need to make it up there, Greg, to the Mid-Hudson Civic Center. Okay, that's it for mail. SGG, hit me if you have those black power rankings. And I'll hit you really quickly, um, just so that we can... Move on to these Hell in a Cell predictions that I know everybody's waiting for. Um, in at number three, I'm gonna go with Bobby Lashley because I'm I'm intrigued by this new pairing with uh, with Leo Rush. Um, he's back and he's been struggling to find something particularly interesting. Um, but now I think with his feud with KO heating up and Leo Rush on the scene to try and take him to the top, I think we're gonna get some of that from Bobby Lashley. So he's in at number three. In at number two is uh Bianca Belair who mm. had oh a match God. last night against Nikki Cross on NXT um ended up in no contest if I'm not mistaken which means she is still undefeated and here she is in the number 2 on the Black Power rankings in the number 1 8 no 8 no on NXT I believe oh my yeah, goodness 8 and 0 undefeated in singles competition and in the number 1 is um the aforementioned Leo Rush um for popping up on on Monday Night Raw and um as the email alluded to showing so many people a side of him that they they never seen um exposing the Monday Night Raw audience to 205 live in a way that they haven't seen or been as interested in since the days of Enzo Mori as Cruiserweight champion so for turning Tuesday nights around for 205 live and for hopefully turning Bobby Lashley's career around I'm calling Leo Rush number one on this week's back power rankings. All right, SGG, not bad. And with a uh, shout out to Leo Rush, congrats on your first black power rankings. That's his first, right? I believe that is a first. Yeah. So let's run her down real quick and hit these: the Bryans versus the Mizzes. Who you got, SGG? I feel like it's time for Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. To pull out a victory. I believe I agree with you. We could be in the middle of Miz Country. No, no, we're not in the middle of Miz Country. We could be in the middle of Miz Country. It is going to be Brian Town. The Bryans will get uh, a victory over the Miz and Maurice on Sunday. Then it's time for Hell in a Cell. Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton, which I'm excited about. If you remember from the Cheap Heat Live, which I know all you Peckerheads listen to, Jeff Hardy told us the one thing he's always wanted to do is hell in a cell. I believe he will build up whatever he has left in the tank to do something fun. Another man who's been waiting anxiously with anticipation, his name is Jeff Harvey. Hardy. <laughs> so I have a lot of hope when it comes to Jeff Harvey and Randy Orton. And uh, SGG, I'm going to go ahead... And say Hardy will hit some ridiculous spot, but Randy Orton will get the RKO in the win. I, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, for official predictions purposes, I'm going to predict Jeff Hardy, but, um, wow. The ridiculous hell in a cell spot is, is all but guaranteed. Um, 
Yeah, for those of you guys who are at Cheap Heat Live and for those who listened, you know he is a daredevil. Um, he's he's looking forward to doing something crazy in the cell. Um, it's the only place he hasn't done something crazy in, so that that is happening. Uh, RKO is also definitely happening. Um, That's what I'm saying. It might it might be a um, crazy spot into a crazy RKO, but I'm for predictions purposes, I'm going with Jeff Hardy. New Day and Rusev Day. I think it's still the New Day's time. They just got it back. Yeah, same. Um, I think now is the time we see Rusev Day implode, crash and burn. Ooh, you think this could be the beginning? I think so. So I'm going New Day. It has to be, right? It has to be, right? Like, what else are you going to do? I mean, unless you just want them to continuously always be, you know... Like I said, a valuable live act that kids will always pop for. But if you want them to grow and do more, you got them the titles back again. It's the perfect time to now have it start falling apart. Yep. Uh, exactly. Especially when, like, listen, the Rusev Day shirts are going to sell without Aiden English singing, singing the Rusev Day national anthem. And Aiden needs to grow. Like you said, that's the perfect word for this whole situation is growth. All right. Moving on to... The WWE Raw Tag Team Title Match. Dolphin Drew versus Seth and Dean. SGG? Seth and Dean all the way. Seth and Dean all the way. Oof. Yeah, I would I would love to see a world where the Shield has all the gold on Monday Night Raw. And then it's them versus everybody. And they're already, you know, two-thirds of the way there. So It's a good point. You know what? I'll stick with you there. I'll go Seth and Dean also. Um, Charlotte versus Becky. Yeah, I'm going Charlotte. Me too. Too soon. By the way, loved Becky coming out of the crowd this week. Big fan. Yeah, I, I like that too. That's that's a move that I always like. You know, whenever anybody does it, you know, whether it's Jericho heel or face, the 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 coming out the crowd for the attack move is is a mage. You can't miss with that one. I was a big fan with the different with the different hair and everything. Loved it. Rhonda versus Alexa Bliss. Rhonda. Yep, Rhonda. Although it was nice to see guys in the tag match this week. It seemed like uh, all of a sudden Alexa Bliss is now able to slightly hurt Rhonda Rousey. Yeah, which is all of a sudden her, good. Her kicks now. Her kicks now hurt. It's good to see. Her. Well, they hurt on Monday. We'll see. We'll see what happens on Sunday. But they hurt on Monday. Yeah, I don't know. They, you know what? They may not hurt on Sunday. It's a really good point. Uh, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. I think it could be Joe time, man. I've had this hunch Joe's going to get it. Yeah, I'm. I'm a- I don't know. I don't. I don't have any good logic. I don't have any good logic. But I'm going to go with Joe. I, I am. Yeah, I, I hate how much we're on the same page right now. I'm gonna, I was gonna go with Joe as well. Um, for the same reasons too. I don't really have any logic. I, I really enjoyed that storybook promo on Tuesday too. We didn't really get to talk about SmackDown. That was very well done. But, um, for this Sunday, yeah, I, I feel like it's Joe's time. Hey, listen, it's all, it's good to have some unity every once in a while. It's alright to be on the same page. Um, and lastly, the universal title, Hell in a Cell. Mick Foley, the special ref, 
Roman Reigns, the champion, versus Braun Strowman, the challenger. You already answered it, though. I did. You think everyone? You think the? You think the Shield's going to have all the titles? So do I. So I will go ahead also, and uh, stick with that man. That man that they know as Roman Reigns, the big dog. Overall, overall, do you have high hopes for the pay per view? You think it'd be good? I do, because um, that, that you know they got a fifty fifty chance of, of being a good pay per view, right? On paper, I think we got some quality matches here. Um, you know, the matches that are in the cell don't have the best stories behind them, but they're in the cell, so that's you know it sells itself. And then the matches who like you know you still have Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, and you got AJ Styles and Samoa Joe with these really personal. Intense feuds. Same with uh, Daniel Bryan versus the Miz and Maurice. That's become a personal, you know, intense feud. So, you know, on on paper, these matches should all deliver. Now, it's what happens in the ring could be a completely different story, especially given how the the audience can respond to it. But um, yeah, I do have sort of high hopes for this because on paper, these all look like really good matches. I don't see a weak link on this card at all. I'm hopeful, man. I would really love for it to be a great podcast, and I would love for the heart. It's a big opportunity for Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton to do something and steal the show. Um, I because I just don't see Roman. They're going to go for some sort of spot in the Roman match that like looks really crazy. Um, but really, where you could get the actual crazy to me would be in the in the Jeff Hardy, Jeff Harvey. <laughs> I need to stop saying that before I do it on the air. Um, the Jeff Hardy match against Randy Orton, so I'm hopeful about that. SGG, um, just want to say your mage, welcome back. Happy belated birthday. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate all of that. Good to be back. And um, do me a fa- favor and stay mage and also, also enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah. Greg History Week is still rolling, too. So since Mr. Enjoy Himself told me to enjoy myself, I got to enjoy myself. Yep. That's right. That's right.